Uh, today we're kicking off a new series called Living Life to the Fullest. And I'm really, really excited about this series today. I'm so excited to come down on the floor to preach the message to you. And I want us to start out this morning reading the Bible. Come on, how many of you love the Bible? Yeah. The Bible is so good. Amen? It's so good. It's loaded with some things that you need. It's full of light. And I encourage you to make sure you spend time reading God's Word. It'll change your life. Amen? Luke chapter 14, we're going to kick this thing off today. Uh, Luke 14, 16 through 23, it says, A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come to the bank, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said and his master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And after the servant had done this, he reported there's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. I like that. So that the house will be full. Let's pray before we jump in. Lord, thank you for this awesome time that we have together today. Lord, thank you that your presence is here. Lord, I'm asking that as this message goes forth today, as your word is proclaimed and spoken, God, I pray that it will be life-giving. I pray that it will be life-changing. So, Lord, I pray that our ears will be open to hear, our hearts will be open to receive what you want to say to us today. And I pray that as we walk out of these doors today to go on our way, I pray, God, that we will be closer to you than when we came. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today we're kicking off this new series, uh, Living Life to the Fullest. Living Life to the Fullest. And um, I'm reminded of last summer, uh, we vacationed in Myrtle Beach. And can I say, that's a nice place, but the beaches are not nothing like here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got some good beaches here. Can I get a good yeah, amen. Really nice beaches. We're blessed. Blessed. Touch your neighbor and say we're blessed. So we were up in Myrtle Beach and uh, hanging out up there. And it was my daughter's birthday. Ella Pearl, and uh, so we asked her where she wanted to go eat. She was allowed to pick the restaurant for her birthday. Come on, that's big stuff, okay? And so, I mean, you can get anything from McDonald's to like, you know, a fancy restaurant. You just never know what you're going to get when you let uh, a kid who's turning nine choose where you go eat. And she, amongst all her age of wisdom, she threw this at us. She says, Mom and Dad... I want to go eat at Paula Dean's restaurant. Come on, you know that you're raising your kids right when they say something like that. I mean, we're going to hold a small group to help you to get your kids to say things like that. She said, Daddy, I want to go to Paula Dean's restaurant. And of course, there was not any objection in our house for that. Um, so if you don't know who Paula Dean is, she's, uh, she's a Georgia girl. She's known for her Southern cooking. She has a TV show, restaurants, and really starting to crop up everywhere. In fact, there's one in Panama City now, so praise God. <laughs> um, so anyway, we said, let's do it. Let's, let's take baby girl to Paula Dean's for her birthday. And so we, we showed up at the restaurant. Actually, we called. They said, we don't do reservations over the phone. You need to come in and put your name on the list. So 
Uh, we got there as soon as we could to get our name on the list, and the lady informed us that there would be a two and a half hour wait. Oh, when baby girl wants Paula Deans, you wait for two and a half hours to get Paula Deans. And so it was at this little shopping center, and so we walked around for a while, for a long while, tried not to spend any money for a long while, and then finally it was time. It was about 9.30 at night, and uh, come on, you know it's about to be good. And so we finally got in, and we were seated, and if you've ever eaten at a restaurant like this, you know what it's all about, but they sat us down, and immediately the lady that was waiting on us came and brought us some dinner rolls. That's a whole nother level of dinner rolls. I'm not trying to do a Paula Deen commercial, I promise you all. But I just need you to know, like, this was a whole nother level of dinner rolls. Like, we were just so in heaven. Like, I do think this is what the bread in heaven tastes like. And, 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 and so we were finished with that. And so they came to, to take our, our, you know, they were like, what, what you guys want to eat? And it's family style dining. And so if you've ever been to family style, I mean, they bring it. And so you choose a few entrees and a few sides and, and it's bottomless. So as long as you can eat it, they keep bringing it. And so we had a little fried catfish, a little fried, uh, come on, a little fried chicken, some spare ribs. And then uh, Cynthia ordered some kind of squash casserole thing and nobody ate that. <laughs> she did, but we did. Cream potatoes, I mean, just all the starches and carbs and stuff that you shouldn't be eating all in one setting. And, and I'm just telling you, it was so good. Um, then they asked if we wanted dessert. We didn't realize that that was even an option. Even the dessert was bottomless and you can't bring anything home. And the food was so good. I, I'm, I'm serious, the food was so good, we just couldn't stop eating it. And, and we were so full, just like hurting ourselves. And, and, and so look, the lady, the, the waitress says, uh, do you want us to bring you some more? And we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so pleased with it. It was, it was so good. We, we just, we ate not only till we were full, but we were beyond full. Like I, I couldn't eat the next day. I mean, it was just so, we were just so full and we just couldn't say no to more. Just bring it. Just bring it. Do you want more? Yes, please. Just bring it. And I think she knew we wasn't going to eat it, but that was their policy. So, but it was so good that I don't think we'll ever forget it. We were so full, that feeling that we had of just being so full, so satisfied. It's like, I cannot forget this ever. And like, I'm, I'm telling people about it. I mean, I shouldn't be doing a commercial in church. I should have told you like some Southern lady cooking restaurant, but I can't help it. It was just, it was so good because it was so satisfying. And I think when it comes to God, we don't always think of being satisfied. That's not how we think of it. We probably think of it like, man, I need to get right. <laughs> I need to get satisfied. I need to get right yeah. with God because we know how we live. Yeah. And we know that God, he's got an eye on us. And sometimes we think God's got the eye of judgment on us when really he's got the eye of love because he wants us to get it right. Yeah. Did you know that? God wants you to get it right. He is setting you up to get it right, to live life right. And I think we don't see God that way because we know that we have some sin in our lives, some things that we've done wrong, 
or because we have lack in our life. There's things that we need that we don't have, and, and, and we may even be in the state of asking God for it. And the only way we can explain our reason for not having it is that God's withholding it from me to teach me a lesson. You know, like those different viewpoints that we have about God, or because we may think God doesn't know our desires, like he just doesn't get us, like he doesn't understand us. And I wanted to really take advantage of this series to try to give you a, a, a good picture of who God is. Because I really believe that if we can see God in the fullness of who he really is, it's going to affect how we live our lives every day. And I believe that we can live life to the fullest when we know him in his fullness. Amen. Amen. And so that's what we're going to attempt to do with this series next week. It'll be Father's Day. There's going to be, listen, I'm literally going to cram like so much doctrine of who God is into four points next Sunday. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> On Father's Day is the perfect day to do it. And so if you want to learn about God next week, you better be here. Amen. Amen. It's just going to be awesome. Today's going to be just incredible, off the charts, one of my favorite services of all times, just because in a few minutes you'll see God. Okay. <laughs> you ever felt like you didn't deserve God's best? Like... I would just be happy enough to get what's left. I think sometimes that's a little Southern humility. I really do. I think in our hearts we really want God's best, but we know how we've lived, and other people saw it too. And so if we asked for God's best, it's almost like, who do you think you are? And so we, we reserve ourselves from the best that God has for us, and we settle for what is left. I think we have this viewpoint that God is against me and he can only give in accordance to how good that I am. Let me, let me say it like this. In other words, my behavior, I've allowed myself to let my behavior determine the goodness of God. I want you to consider the audacity of how we approach this that I would think that based on how I live my life determines how good or how mad God is. And I need everyone in here to understand that your behavior does not change God. It does not knock him off the throne whenever you do something crazy. When you lose it in the middle of the restaurant, it doesn't knock God off the throne. He's in control. He really is. But somehow, some way or another, we believe that if I lose it, that God is just up in heaven just losing his mind. Look at him. <laughs> Send my son Jesus to die on the cross, and this is how they want to act. That's it. Wipe them all out. Oh, Lord. Like, this is what we think. And it's amazing because there are people that hear this kind of message right now and they're like, I don't like this guy. First of all, he's wearing a polo. Preachers don't wear a polo on Sunday. They wear them on Monday. <laughs> Got stuff to do today, okay? So just calm down. <laughs> Think about the death of Jesus on the cross. What does that prove to you? See, I believe the death on the cross proves that God is actually for you. Yeah. The thought says he's against me because we are sinners. But God is for you so much so that he sends his best, who is Jesus, to die on the cross to pay for our worst so that we can be forgiven and experience the fullness of God. 
Think of this. So therefore, therefore, it's almost as though we eliminate Jesus out of the picture in our definition of who God is. And we forget how good God is by sending his son to come and pay the price that was too great for us to pay. And all of our craziness. Come on. God says, I love you so much. I'm going to send my son Jesus, the best I've got, to take the punishment for all of your silliness, your craziness, your sin, your foolishness, all of that. I will pay for it because I've got a good life for you to live. Yeah. And that excites me. Yeah. That makes me lift my hands during worship. Yeah. That makes me clap and pump my fists and stuff. Like, seriously, it motivates me to live my life for God. <laughs> So I thought of an illustration because I thought if I told you this, you, you would like hear me and say, that's good. But I wanted to show it to you. The scripture verse we read this morning talks about preparing a feast, that we're invited to a feast. And it reminds me of a crawfish boil in South Louisiana. Look at your neighbor and say, I mean, just, it just gets me so excited. And one of the things that you have to know about a Cajun is this. If they are cooking, anyone and everyone is welcome to come and eat. Anybody can come in. I guarantee you there are Florida State fans in Baton Rouge right now that are just walking around this baseball stadium. And there are people who are cooking all kinds of stuff. Seriously. And they don't know what they're eating for lunch. They don't know what's about to happen. And some Cajuns say, y'all hungry? Come eat with us. And some Tallahassee people eat something they never, ever ate in their life. And I just thought I would use a little bit of my culture to show you the goodness of God. Are y'all okay with this? Today? Are y'all all right? Good. Now, now Joey, Joey, our, our youth pastor, he's from Louisiana, so he's got experience with this. We're discipling Gary. We're trying to help him come on with the ways. And he's coming right along. Hey, I heard this, this, this week, I heard something. I figured I'd tell you this joke. It's pretty funny. I heard this joke that said if Adam, if Adam and Eve were Cajuns back in the garden, they would have eaten the snake instead of the apple. <laughs> Right there, y'all. That's good stuff. So, so today, what we decided to do was bring some goods out for you. Give me that thing right there. Yeah. We brought the real stuff today. I'm gonna try not to make a mess. The real stuff. I dropped a few on the floor.
gathered around the table, and there's still room. There's still room. So he said, send them out again. You can turn the music down, Kevin. They start to get rowdy, okay? <laughs> Things happen as the party goes on. We can't have that happen in church. So y'all keep eating. <laughs> he said, there's still room. So he says, go out and invite some more. So there's still room. I want to invite some more. Someone, somebody, somebody else. Come on, come Come in. Some of y'all like I am not eating. There's a, there's a corn cob in there. For those of you who are vegetarian. Crawfish is gluten-free. There you go. You can have some. I don't know if we'll ever rain this service back in now. Come on, get you some. Come on, All right, if y'all gonna eat, y'all gotta quiet down. This is how it is in Cajun country. They're loud at the table. It's Cynthia that's talking. All right, so if you remember earlier this year, they're still coming. It takes too long to get to the This year we shared some vision for the church. And we said this, we said that we set up tables so people can, she's teaching them how to eat crawfish right here. Tell, and listen, that's the only tail that you pinch. <laughs> Some of y'all like, this church is out of We love y'all. All right, back to, back to the message. Back to the message. Hey, you rowdy crawfish people, y'all need to quiet down, okay? Trying to preach. So if you remember, earlier this year when we shared vision, we said this, that we want to be a church that sets up tables so that people can come and taste and see that the Lord is good. And so when I read this verse about a man setting up a table and he's inviting people to come, he's saying, come eat. He finishes up by saying, so that my house will be full. And I don't think we understand the, 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 the meaning completely of that my house may be full. It says he prepares a feast, go invite people to come, so that my house will be full. This is what this tells me. I need you all to hear this. This tells me that God wants us to be with him. Did you hear that? I want to personalize it. God wants you to be with him. He wants you at the table. So watch this. But God, if you knew all that I had done, you wouldn't have sent me the invitation. And God says, I already knew what you did before I prepared the invitations. And I still send it to you because I want you to come and eat at my table. I want you, I have a place for you at the table. He's not trying to keep the goodness from you. I believe we do a good enough job of that ourselves. We keep God's goodness from flowing into our lives because we would say, I know he invited me, but I don't think I'm doing good. I don't think I, watch this, I don't feel like I belong at that table. 
I don't feel like I should be there because everybody else at that table, they have it all together. And, and if they knew what I had going on in my life, they, they wouldn't want me there either. So when you read the scripture verse, the table wasn't full, so he sent, he sent the people to go out and say, go find more people. And he, find the, he found the lame, the crippled, the blind, those who were broken, those who were hurt. And he said, bring them, because there's room at my table for those who are broken, for those who may not have it all together, for those who may be stumbling, for those who may be falling, for those who can't get it together, who need assistance. There's room at my table. And so they came to the table, and there was still room for more. And he keeps saying, go out and get more. Go out and get more so that my house, my table, will be full. And when we look at this, we see this picture of God trying to include us and everything that he has for us and all the rejection that we face in our lives. God is working really hard at including us. And so he's mailing out the invitation to your life and he's bringing people in your life to invite you to come to the table. And some of us are like, well, I don't need that. I don't do that. And God's like, I am preparing the place because all the goodness, the satisfaction that you're looking for is found where? It's found at my table. Invitation has been sent out. So watch this. It says so that my house will be full. That word house right there, it refers to the church. Now, this is what happens when we read a verse like that and look at the meaning. So that my house will be full. Pastor Way is going to tell us that we need to get more people in the church. And that there's too many empty seats in the church and we want the house to be packed. That would be awesome. <laughs> do what we do, okay? Bring them in. But where it says the house will be full, it's talking about the church. Not just the cafeteria at Gilchrist Elementary School. But it's talking about you and me. Yeah. The church. Last time I read the Bible, it says, Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Let me translate that into the, today's times. Don't you know that you are the house that God wants to live in? Come on, bro. My house will be full, living life to the fullest. Sometimes I wonder if we have filled our lives with so many other things that we don't have room for things. That we are appetizing ourselves with all kinds of things. That we're not hungry for the meal that is prepared for us at the table that he's inviting us to. Perhaps because we don't see the goodness of God. Perhaps because we see all those other things. Watch this, and I know we would never say it, but perhaps we see it as better. I know you would never say that all those other things are better than God and are more important than God. But what if we lived that way and said something different? What if? So as we're in this series, it's really an invitation. It's this understanding that my view of God may be incomplete. And because it's incomplete, it's affecting how I live my life. It's affecting my perspective of what is so incredible, what is so good. And perhaps I have settled for some things that are not as good as who God is, or not as good as what God 
has for me. Are you are you hearing this today? So let me let me unroll this for you a little bit. Let me let me share some things with you. Okay. If we're going to live life to the fullest, I think the first thing that we have to know is this. The first thing you have to know is that God is inviting us. You you have to know this. That you are invited. You say, okay, so Pastor Wade, what if, let's just say I did some things last week that were, I don't know how else to say it, ungodly. What if? Well, good thing God knows how to forgive sins, amen? Amen. And good thing God knows how to redeem lives, amen? Amen. Good thing he knows how to do all of that. The invitation still stands. He's still inviting you to the table. Now, because of how we're wired, because of how we think, we automatically begin to interpret it that my background will definitely interfere with the invitation, that my preferences may interfere, that my level of religious knowledge may not allow me to have a seat at the table. And I remind you that God gave his best for you. And if he gave his best for you, which is Jesus, knowing that you were a sinner, I would say the invitation still stands. The invitation for your life to come to God, to come and taste and see that he is good, it still stands today. And I believe that God is actively pursuing you through the Holy Spirit, through other people, through different means and measures, because he loves you so much and his relentless pursuit of you will not end until you say yes. That's That's how serious he is about you. The invitation still stands. The best life, life to the fullest. He still makes it available to you because the sacrifice that Jesus paid, it still stands today. And as long as that sacrifice still stands, the door is open. Maybe you came in today and perhaps you're judging yourself. Maybe you're beating yourself down. And I know some of you would say, but Pastor Wayne, I believe that conviction is good. And I believe conviction is good too. But when you read the Bible, you see that the Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness. Only right. conviction that, lives a, that, that leads us to living right. Not conviction that beats us down and points us towards what's wrong, but conviction that leads us to living holy yeah. and living right. Yeah. Are, you, are you grabbing this today? Yeah. On, Listen, bro. I want us to have conviction. I want the Holy Spirit to come and knock on your door and say, hey, buddy, you need to straighten it out. But it doesn't end there. It's you need to straighten it out because God's got something better for you yeah. than that kind yeah. of life. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. But we stop with, hey man, you're living wrong, you you hell-bound sinner. <laughs> Somebody asked me yesterday after the game if I was gonna preach hard today. <laughs> Hellfire and brimstone. Call it down. Thunderbolts. <laughs> they didn't go with what all I had in my notes. <laughs> He's inviting you. If we're going to live life to the fullest, you have to know that God's inviting you. But here's the second thing. If you're going to live life to the fullest, you don't want to miss out. You don't want to miss out. And this is so key because in in the scripture verses we read this morning, we see three different instances where some people didn't accept the invitation. Let, let me tell you how we do it. Can I, can, can I share this? We will make it personal today. Come on, Let's bro. Make it personal. Somebody sends you an invitation to something in the mail. Okay. First of all, 
they really want you to come when they send it in the mail. Yeah. If they do it on social media, it's optional. They send it in the mail, you better be there. Just saying. And no shame, if you're planning your baby's five-year-old birthday party and you don't send them in the mail, it's fine. We know you got a lot to do. Get party favors for everybody else's kids. Okay. I know, it's a lot of work. But when they send you something in the mail, it is for real. Like they really, really want you there. And so when the invitation comes in the mail, you're so like, you feel so good that it's not a bill. You open it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like usually like it comes in yellow envelope. Where's yellow envelope? Like, I need to check that out. I mean, thank you, Gar. Then you open up, you're invited to little Johnny's birthday. Saturday, July the 12th. I don't know if that's really the day. No, it's the 13th, but you can't go that day because it's serve day. Okay. But we take the invitation. <laughs> See that right there? <laughs> So this is what we do. We take that invitation and we open it and we just don't have the heart to throw it away. So we put it on the fridge. Y'all got, got something hanging on the fridge right now, like from two years ago. I remember one year we had a, a, a Christmas card on our fridge. This thing was going on three years old. Maybe uh, we need to that's take awesome. this down. Like, they've changed so much. Like, they don't even look like this anymore. Who are they anyway? You know, like when you buy a frame, picture frame, and there's that family that's in there, and you don't know what you want to put in there yet because we're so indecisive, but we know where we want to put it, so we set it up, and then people come here, and like, oh, who's this? You're like, I don't know. I just haven't figured out what picture I want in there. Come on, ladies. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm glad we're not the only one, man. Okay, so let's break this down. Let's look at this. Because there's a couple people that we need to look at here. The first man that we encounter, it says a man bought a field. And he said, I can't come because I need to go check out the field. Now, let me just throw a preface right here. All of these reasons are good. I just want to say that ahead of time. All the reasons are good. The man bought a field, and he said, I can't come because I have to go inspect the field. Could this possibly represent a possession that may keep you from something that God has for you? Could it? Maybe. Okay? Here's another one. Another man bought some oxen. Let's put it in today's terms. Another man bought some equipment for his business. Yeah. Come on, let's, let's just make it real for today. He bought some equipment for his business because he's got to work. And he says, I can't come because I need to go check on the equipment and make sure all the equipment is good. I gotta make sure it's clean, that it's serviced because we got some work, we got, we got money to make. Gotta, we gotta build the hay while the sun's shining. You know, this is a businessman, gotta make some money. And it's a good thing. But could, could it be possible that the business the career, the, 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 the way that we earn our, our keep, the way we, we make a living, could it be possible that that could keep us from some of God's best? Could it be? And listen, I'm not trashing you if you've got a job. Go to work. Yeah. Go to work. Amen. Work is good. Make money. Amen? Yes. Buy a boat. <laughs> Invite me to go with you <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, just saying, those things are fantastic, man. I mean, I mean, I'm just serious because sometimes when you hear people start to say this, you start to, oh, here we go. 
They're going to start raining on my parade, telling me I can't do this and can't do I'm not telling you you can't do this and you can't do that. I'm just saying at the point to where that becomes more important to you than the seat at the table, it's a problem. Yes. Here's the last one. This one just blows my mind. I'm a little angry at this one. Hey, you're invited to the table. I can't. I just got married. <laughs> that sounds like some of the dudes would say. I don't even pick on the guys here. I don't, but it just sounds like something a guy would say. I can't. I got married. It's almost like I got to go call the wife and see if this is okay. <laughs> I'm a little angry at this one. Ladies, I'm about to help you. Why did he not say... Can my wife come too? <laughs> Baby, you can come with me. Aww. I mean, for real. Am I right? Like, anyway, I got all kinds of stuff I would like to say about that, but that's not what this sermon is about. Seriously, though. <laughs> Touch the subject. That's a touchy subject because family is important. Yes. Family is so important. But if it keeps you from the table, the importance that you're putting on family is going to quickly dwindle. I, I'm serious because God created family, and the best place for your family to be is at the table with you. I'm just being honest with you. You cannot do as good a family as God can. You just can't. And God will make you better than what you are, Mom. God will make you better than what you are, Dad, yeah. husband, wife, son, daughter, uncle, aunt, cousin, third cousin, auntie, whatever you want to be. God will make you better at it. Yeah. I'm serious. And so anytime somebody says anything remotely, then you've got to keep family in check. It's almost like they bow up on you like, how dare you family crazy. <laughs> <laughs> A little thing went crazy. Hold up. God first. Yeah. Hold up. Calm down. Simmer down. God first. Make sure that we get our family to the table. Why? Not, see, it's not just about getting my family in church. It's about getting my family to the table. Come on, bro. So they can experience the fullness of God so that if we are full on God, we won't try to find our feel on some other things that are ungodly. Are, are you seeing this today? God, I hope I'm doing a good job preaching this. Because I need to convey this to you because I got a feeling that our temptations have led us astray and have caused us to build on top of some really, really good things, beat our chest and feel really good about it. And God's saying, there's still room at the table. And you got some good stuff going on there. But there's so much that you don't have that you could have. There's so much more. There's so much more that he has prepared for us and I, I want to make sure in this whole entire series that I can I can just share that with you to convince you how good God really really is so that you're just so enthralled, enthralled with how good he is that you can't help but chase after him and all of his goodness and I really believe that when we begin to pursue him wholeheartedly a lot of those other things fall into place really think of this when we don't respond to the invitation, we can wind up in a situation. Let's go back to the invitation on the fridge. Because you already got the real invitation. It's the day before and you still haven't RSVP'd yet. 
it's a little too personal to send a text message. You know what I'm saying? That's a little too in your face. So you go to Facebook Messenger. <laughs> Call somebody. <laughs> hey, no, every one of you are busy, got a lot going on. Just wanted to see if y'all were gonna be able to make little Johnny's party. Love to have y'all capitalize love. Three exclamation points afterwards. <laughs> I know you're busy and you hadn't been able to let me know, but let me know by tonight, midnight if you can. <laughs> Gotta let the inflatable guy know if we're still gonna do this. You know what I'm saying? So you went from an invitation, now you have a situation on your hand. Because now what do you do? You know you can't open that message. As soon as you do, they saw that you read it. <laughs> I'm just trying to get real. I mean, I'm just trying to get real with y'all. They know you read it, so if you don't respond, it's kind of like, oh, great. They don't love our family anymore. How are we going to do this? We were trying to plan a vacation, but I guess we're not going. I'll ask somebody else. That's awesome. This is the stuff, man. There was an invitation, but now we went from, watch this, from invitation, now we got a situation on our hands. And this is what I've seen happen in so many people's lives. God's inviting them. God's inviting you to come to the table. He said, come sit at the table. Come sit at the table. And we just keep ignoring it. We keep putting it off. We keep putting it off. And next thing you know, we wind up in some real life situations. And halfway in the middle of the situation, we say things like this. And, you know, we probably wouldn't be in the place we're in today. We just would have stuck with it. If we would have stayed in church. We would have kept serving God. We wouldn't be in the mess that we're in today. And this is where the guilt, the shame comes in. Like, I blew it. I blew my chance. It's over. Can't go back to church because everybody's going to know I'm back. Going to say things about me. No, oh, man, church is praying for you to come back. Come on, bro. Waiting for you to come yeah. back. Like, yeah. this is their place at the table. Yeah. The table ain't right until you're there. That's good. Did you hear that? The table isn't right until you're there. We're waiting so that my house will be full. So that the table is full. So there's the expectation. We want you back. Amen. God wants you back and he uses the church to help get you back. That's who's doing the inviting. God's calling us the church to send out the invitations. Why? Because he wants the table full. So sitting at the table is it a status. Did you hear that? God, that's so good. It's, on, that's not in the notes. This is not a status. This is a privilege. Yeah. This is an open door that can only be given to us by a righteous God. Yeah. And it's not up to any man to decide who gets the invitation and who doesn't. It's up to God. And the door is open. And if you're here today and maybe you've rejected the invitation over and over and over, the invitation still stands. I have an RSVP gift last week. You can still come. I'm going to be late to the party. You can still come. But there's not going to be any food yet. My Father supplies all of our needs according to His riches and glory. Turn water in the wine at the first party that Jesus went to. I don't even know if you're supposed to drink that stuff. But Jesus did it. There's <laughs> always room for more. It's the third point. It's always room for more. God is not through saving people. Amen. I want to say this. God isn't through blessing people. Yeah. God isn't through changing people. Yeah. Come on. God's not finished with you. 
He's not finished. He has just begun. He who began good work is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ's return. Yeah. He ain't here yet, so he's still working on you. Amen? He's not finished with you. And that means there's still room at the table for you. So the question becomes, is there room in my life for him? Is there room? Is there more room in your life for him? So watch this. He invites us to the table to live life to the fullest. But I think we really begin to live life to the fullest. Not just when we sit at the table, but when we begin to bring others to the table. You've got to come and see, man. You've got to come taste this. This is the best part. You've got to come. That's so good. It's so good, man. Like, I don't know. i got my pocket. Trust me, man. You want to put that on hand, on hold, and you want to come with me because it's just... It's so good. It's so good. And then when they come and they're sitting next to you at the table, and, you, and you're showing them how to peel the crawfish, you know what I'm saying? And they're on them. I don't know if you're supposed to do like that at church. I just did it. You saw that. Not pour all the shell back there. Anyway, and you're showing them how to do it. And then they take that crawfish and they eat it. And they're like, oh my God. Best I'm glad y'all left a few. Don't know what I mean. <laughs> Who do you want to bring to the table? I remember when I was a kid, my mom was bringing us to church, and uh, this was back in the day where, during the service, they would let you raise your hand for the prayer request. Can't do that anymore because people gossip during the prayer class. I'm serious. If you want to know why they quit that, that's why. And I remember this was Sunday night church too. We had Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Sunday night, 6:30. Come on, somebody. Sunday night was like a little free. This is where they danced in church. And then you had Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Supposed to be Bible study and prayer, but it was just another church service, another reason to dance. Okay. <laughs> I remember um, those Sunday nights, and they would ask for prayer requests. I remember, you know, before I could even realize what we were doing, my brother and I, we were standing there, right? <laughs> my mom's like, what are you doing? Pray for daddy. <laughs> he said, yes, sir. Got a prayer request. I'm praying for my daddy to get saved. All right, we pray for your daddy. And they do the group prayer, and they would pray. And we did that every week, man. Every week, every Sunday night, I couldn't wait to go. I'm raising my hand. Daddy can't say it. My brother and I would negotiate. Who's sweet is it? Mine or yours? Mine or yours? Because if you ain't going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yes, sir. Pray for my daddy. Get saved. You know what it was like that Sunday morning? My daddy said, get up. We're going to church. He was mad. He didn't even want to hear a word. I'm serious, man. It wasn't one of those pretty salvation stories. I mean, this one was, was rough. I don't want to hear a word on the way to church. Got that? Yes, sir. My brother and I were like. He told us I ain't talking to nobody here. At the end of that service, I was in children's church. Mama had to tell me about it. That's when we called it children's church. Could you imagine what they would have called it? Faith Tabernacle Kids. <laughs> that was the name of our church back then, Faith Tabernacle. Faith Tabernacle Kids. I don't know if that looks good on the shirt. <laughs> so we shortened it and called it children's church. I remember coming out of children's church. Oh, where's dad? 
I thought he left. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, you can do what you want to, grown man. Where's dad? He's praying with somebody. What? Yeah. He lifted his hand today to accept Jesus. And they're praying with him over there. Giving his life to the Lord. What? What? Okay. What's going to happen next? And this is where I knew it was legit. Got in the car and said, what y'all want to eat for lunch? Never, ever asked that. We never ate out. He <laughs> said, so I was thinking we'd go to the Western Sizzling. Oh. oh, come on, somebody. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Not finished, not finished. Not finished. There's four. And if y'all behave in the restaurant, I'll let you get the ice cream. Oh. That's where I knew Western Sizzling. He came to the table. And we had steak. I had the little steak bites that day. I remember it, man. That was a good day. I had the little steak bites. I got my ice cream afterwards. Swirl, chocolate swirl. Yeah, bro. One of the most satisfying days of my life. I'm just telling you the truth. One of the most satisfying days of my life because it was just God. Save my daddy. God save my daddy. Just sending out the invitation left and right. If you knew how my dad was living, you would say, maybe it's best for him to stay away. <laughs> and the invitation so stood and gave his life to Jesus. Changed his life, changed his family, quit drinking alcohol. I mean, completely transformed our family that day. Because he tasted and he saw that God was good. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say this today? It doesn't take fire and brimstone to lead someone to repentance. All it takes is the goodness and the kindness of God. Read your Bible. Can I say this? Jesus didn't come saying, repent, are you going to go to hell? He came saying, repent, because heaven is what I'm offering. God is so good. And I just want to help so many people taste and see how good God is. Because I believe it will change their lives. And I believe we as a church should get on God's team. And let's get as many people as we can taste it and see how good God is. And let's let God do the work of changing their lives. But let's just be the ones that keep sending out the invitation.